Fun little Friday show today. We're going to open up the mailbag. Everything from, well, of course, some thoughts on Peyton Thorne, Keon Coleman. We're just going to tie that all up here. And then at the end of the show, that's right, annual game, MSU student athlete or Kentucky Derby jockey. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked On Spartans listeners, happy Friday or happy Saturday, happy whatever day it is that you are listening to this. Thank you so much. For tuning in to Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week. Please rate, review, subscribe to this year's podcast or YouTube channel. Go drop us a review if you feel in a good mood. You know, we prefer the five-star reviews, but we're not we're not going to pressure anyone in anything. We just want you to have a good day. That's all that matters. And hopefully, uh, you know, this will brighten up your day because it's going to be a fun show today. We're going to get to some mailbag questions that we've had on the shelf for a few weeks now because I, when we asked for the mailbag questions... News was slow, and that lasted for about six minutes before everything picked up, and yeah, it's just been a packed last few weeks here, so going to get to those fun mailbag questions. And then third segment, we've been playing this game for quite some time here. Tomorrow is one of my favorite sports days of the year, the Kentucky Derby, so got my brother on. He's our contestant. He will be playing MSU student-athlete or Kentucky Derby jockey, 11 names. It's easy to play at home, so stick around for that in the third segment. Before getting into the mailbag here, um, look, I, I'm starting to get tired of talking about it. I'm sure you're starting to get tired of listening about it, but uh, Peyton Thorne, Keon Coleman, this is the last we're going to talk about until maybe they choose a new destination, and we'll see if we even get to that. But um, they, if I could talk, if they each came out with statements here. Um, we're not going to go through all the statements, pretty cookie-cutter statements, Keon Coleman. Started his off with saying, I know you've heard the reports and rumors about the transfer portal. It's like, I, it's, not a, it's not a rumor. Like All the names were due on Sunday. Like There's a, an actual database with names in it. It's not rumor, but whatever. Uh, it said, thanks for everything, yeah, uh, all that stuff. Uh, Peyton Thorne you know, also said, I, I gave my all. Thanks everything. Life can change pretty quick. Um, I'm a Spartan forever. Even though we're actively making a decision that quite literally makes us not a Spartan forever. Whatever. I, that always gets me a kick uh, whenever a kid leaves a school and says, ah, I'm part of the school forever. Oh, why are you going to another one then? Anyway, whatever. Uh, I just had to throw that in there. Um, again, hey, we're, we're letting the hair down this Friday. We're, we're cutting loose, uh, if you will. So let's go to the mailbag over here, lockedonspartans at gmail.com. Matt C., that's right. Constant email. I love Matt C. Matt C.'s my guy. Um, he says, let's bring up some positives about Thorne leaving. All right, there we go. Let's get some positivity in our lives on this Friday here. He brings up three positives. We'll go through them one by one here. Number one, Peyton's numbers without Walker are bad. No way around it. He had the opportunity to make this his team, and he cracked under the pressure. Ooh, that's harsh. That's harsh. I do think there was something to do with that, though, last year, in that he didn't have Kenneth Walker. And, of course, Kenneth Walker helps an offense. All right, how about that for some hard-hitting, real X's and O's analysis. But I think what we really saw missing with Peyton Thorne's game was not just being able to hand the ball off and see a guy go 20 yards downfield, but it was the play action. His numbers in the play action with Kenneth Walker were superior, you know, with him, you know, against him not here. 
if you will. And it's really easy when teams are loading the box with eight players to try to stop a guy that, well, should have won the NFL Rookie of the Year, the guy that should have been invited to New York for the Heisen Ceremony. Or, you know, when you're faking handoff to him, getting the whole defense to bite on him, and then, okay, well, instead of a lot of safety help over the top, they've already dropped down, and, well, you could just drop a nice little throw in the bucket down there. So, yeah, uh, look, I think we saw a lot. Change without Kenneth Walker. Um, and yeah, Peyton Thorne probably trying to do a little too much last year. I think we saw that late in the season as well. Namely, that Indiana game. Uh, trying to force a little too many throws here. But hey, that, that's what happens when you probably realize that, okay, my run game is a far cry. A far cry from Kenneth Walker. Like the drop-off from Kenneth Walker to whatever it was last year for most of the season. Steep decline. So, yeah, I think, you know, Peyton... All, and also injured, too, if you want to put a lot of stock into that. I think there is something to that. Yeah, I think trying to do a little too much there, realizing that, well, the only way you can move the ball is by throwing it. So, might as well try to do a little too much here. Uh, number two that Matt C. brings up, throwing without read is something that I don't want to see. We saw check down error with Maxwell. I don't want to see it again. No arguments there. I don't think it's any secret that, uh, hey, Peyton Thorne, Jaden Reed, they had some pretty good chemistry. Did you know they played high school football together? Oh, man, God, I cannot wait for a season of not hearing that every five seconds every Saturday. Um, no, yeah, I, yeah, it, it would have been fascinating, Peyton Thorne, without Reed, especially without Keon Coleman, but uh, we don't have to find out what that answer is. And number three, no distractions going into fall camp. And there's a possibility that Kim and Hauser are better than Thorne. The MSU media never discusses that. Uh, the same media that said Maxwell was going to be the guy and then Connor Cook was the legend after all. If we didn't do the quarterback carousel in 2013 and just gave the job to Cook, we'd probably beat Notre Dame and win the national title. I'm going to push back there. Look, I think the world of Connor Cook, we just did a show not too long ago, top five Connor Cook moments. Um, Connor Cook played terrible in that Notre Dame game. I think he was like, what, 16 of 32 passing, not even 150 yards. Uh, he, it was just not Connor Cook's day that day against Notre Dame. So, of course, bringing Andrew Maxwell in uh, as the closer was an odd decision, but... You know, Connor Cook wasn't lighting the world on fire either. Anyway, I do like the point you bring up, though, about no distractions going into fall camp. This is something we kind of touched on a little bit yesterday, is that it's probably a net positive for both parties involved. Peyton Thorne, you get a fresh start. You get a program that has a fan base that isn't openly rooting against you, kind of, in a quarterback battle. You get a fresh start, you know? Same goes for Michigan State, though, and Noah Kim, Kate Hauser, all right? It is... It is nice that both these guys know that the starting quarterback role is in their grasp, you know, and they know this going into the summer. They've gone the whole spring preparing as if they are QB1 with this battle. So I don't think mentally it's going to be that hard of a switch to flip being like, well, well, I was a distant second string quarterback and oh my God, now the starter just left. This is crazy. I'm thrust into this role. Like now they're already kind of getting weaned for that, whether they're going to win the job or not going into the spring and now going into the fall. Yes, there is one less competitor in the room, and I think that could be one less distraction in the room. So it's it's more clear-cut of what things are looking like right now. Um, I don't know if you can hear my child in the next room, but he's got some thoughts in it as well, and I think he agrees that this is probably best for everyone. All right. Now, further into the mailbag here, we got Ray Ray. That's right. He wants me to, to defend two takes here. We do this sometimes in the show. You give me whatever take you have, and I have to blindly defend it. And these aren't two 
hard to defend, I gotta say. Number one, it will never happen, but imagine a scenario where Rutgers, Maryland, and the Californians are kicked out of the Big Ten. That's right, hit the bricks. I can imagine student-athletes complaining about the travel and time demands, but like I said, it won't happen. No, no one's going to get kicked out of the Big Ten here, but uh, I do like this scenario, though. You know, going back to just the 12 teams you have in the Big Ten. All right, we're starting to get closer to that number uh, that we had for basketball. All right. Hey, you know what? I, I do like the idea of home and homes with nine out of the 11 other teams in the conference. Right now, you just get home and homes with seven teams. All right. And then the other six, you got to just divide just playing once. Three only play at home. Three only play away. So, yeah, it would be nice to see teams twice throughout the season more. I mean, that's an easy sell for me at basketball. Now, for football, you know, you get five in your division, Four games, or you know, five games against play or teams in your own division, then four in the other. A lot of crossover matchups, but also, I'm sorry to run away from the grind here, but maybe this could just mean a restructure of the divisions instead of being in a gauntlet as the Big Ten East is every single year, and the Big Ten West just being some glorified MHSAA division. I, it's yeah, we could really use a reshuffle there. So maybe if you boot a, te a few teams out, you could reshuffle those. Go back to leaders and legends, actually. Let's get nuts. Uh, and then the second take Ray Ray wants me to defend. Tucker assigns a coach to watch every Michigan game and has MSU players practice with Michigan in mind all year. I don't, You know what? I actually don't hate that whatsoever. Uh, that would be a game that would be really, really, really nice to win this year. And that's always a fun game to win. You always do want to beat Michigan. I know, hot take right there, but man, this is an important year, and Michigan can't stop getting momentum, whether it's winning the conference, going to the college football playoff, and well, the recruiting uh, as of late, this year especially, has been very reflective of that, and uh, MSU, I hate to say it, we're kind of going the other way on the elevator here, things are going down, so if just in the worst way possible, win this game, will it fix everything? No, of course not, but like that can at least pump the brakes on some momentum that Michigan is getting and then also reignite some momentum that we kind of lost with a 5-7 and seven season last year. So, hey, if, if you got to just assign, I don't know, three GAs to just watch all things Michigan and really just hammer it home that, hey, this would be nice to win this year. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I, I actually don't hate that take uh, as much as I would a lot of other years. This is going to be a big one this year. Uh, again, it would be nice to win two of the three big home games you have. Of course, I'm talking Penn State, Michigan, and the Washington game, too. Just checked a NFL mock draft the other day. Actually checked two mock drafts the other day uh, for the NFL draft next year. One had four Washington Huskies in the first round. The other one had just three Washington Huskies in the first round. So, yeah, they're going to be a really good team again next year. Woohoo! All right, we're going to get to a lot more mailbag questions here in a hot second. But first, I need to talk your ear off about Built Bar. That's right, gang. It's the best tasting protein bar in the land. Whether it's the Built Bar, the classic, or my favorite, the Built Puff, they are wrapped in 100% real chocolate. They're soft, chewy, and they absolutely sing to your taste buds they are most of these guys are just 130 calories just four grams of sugar but a whopping 17 grams of protein i'm going to hit the links here over the weekend and before my round during my round you best believe i will be wolfing down a built bar because i'm not going to feel weighed down with all the sugar or all the calories that you normally get from a protein bar they're light on the body but pack the power of protein so thank you built already in advance for carrying through my round of 18 holes. Gang, go to Sam's Club, 
go to Walmart if you're already out and about, or if you like the internet, built.com. That's right. Head to built.com to stock up on your built bars. And let's dive headfirst into the mailbag again. Uh, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. And we're going to start this next segment here from a question from Shrek Hat Guy. As a top 40 recruit, that's right, hey, we're talking basketball actually, first time in a long time. As a top 40 recruit, is Madi Sissoko a bust? If not, what is the minimum you want to see from him? To consider him meeting expectations of someone who was a top 40 recruit. Oh God, uh, you want, you're going to make him be the bad guy here on this beautiful Friday. But like so far, yes. And that's not to say that, you know, we're going to throw him in the trash can and that he should transfer to Kalamazoo College or something like that. Like, no, he, there's a concrete spot for him on this team. But yeah, it, it's a far cry from the top 40 ranking, right? I mean, we just wrapped up a third year where, you know, he did have some solid games, but those were far and few between. After three years, and look, he came in as a very raw prospect, right? I mean, he came in rated top 40 because, uh, you know, of his ceiling. You know, kind of like what we talk about with Xavier Booker. He's rated in the top 10 because of his ceiling, albeit Xavier Booker already has a more polished game. But we're three years into Madi Sissoko. He still doesn't have a single post move, all right? Like, you can't really just dump the ball down low to him and you know, pray for a, an easy basket. That's far to be desired. And just unreliable with his hands. And I hate saying this because, look, I, I, you can't knock the kid for lack of effort, right? Like, you love his motor. He has had these good games here. Uh, but, yeah, just not too reliable off pick and roll because I, I, I need him to get receiver gloves. I need him to start catching the ball here. But, uh, yeah, I hate to say it. Uh, look, and you could say some good things, too. Like, he sets good screens, you know. But, again, like... After three years in the program, after being a top 40 recruit, like that, that can't be the only thing you do well and say, yeah, he's lived up to the billing. Like, no, that's that's something you should say about like Carson Cooper after like his second year. And what I mean by that is like an unrated kid, a kid that came in as a total project, a kid that had no schools after him, you know, but like... Yeah, top 40 recruit, you're hoping to get a little more out of him after three years. Now, with that said, like there is still one more year. And he still can play a very important role on this team. But I don't think it's going to be a role high enough to make us say, like, oh, my God, he did end up living to this billing. And what I mean by that is, like, I don't even think he's going to have the opportunity to really get up there because he's never going to be a top three option on the floor offensively. Now, defensively, he can make a name for himself. No question about that. But offensively, like, look, he's always going to have Hogard, Akins, and Walker in front of him. Or let's say Cohen Carr's on the court instead of uh, Akins. Or let's say that, I don't know, um, Xavier Booker is on the court too. Like, he might be the fifth option more times than not. I don't think he'll ever be a top three option, but that's okay. I mean, just keep on, like, stringing together those games you had against Marquette, you know? Eight points, ten rebounds, you know? Close to double-digit rebounds every game. And I know that's asking a lot. Like, more realistically, probably seven, eight rebounds per game is what we'll see. But just keep on having those games. And, look, I mean, it's not going to turn out to be like, oh, my God, he, he ended up a great top 40 recruit. Like, I don't think he'll ever hit that ceiling, but... Again, like, he can still be a really good player here, and he still is a good player here and there. I would just love to see more consistency going into next season. I, th I think we all will. Uh, Zeke's fan page writes in, uh, first and foremost, let's get an MSU baseball segment on the pod. I owe you one next week. Uh, I will 
get down to that after they wrap up a weekend here. Going uh, to get more clarity on what the Big Ten tournament looks like for them. So, yes, we'll get into MSU baseball for a segment next week. Uh, and then he also writes in general advice. For moving in with a significant other, how much MSU stuff can I decorate with? All right. Start talking about your stuff way beforehand. All right. Do not spring this on right as you're unloading the U-Haul or unloading your truck right into... No, no, no. Talk about this for ample heads up far, far in advance. Um, Also, make sure you get the auxiliary room. Don't shoot too high. You know, if if you're in a house with uh, two bedrooms or three bedrooms, like just grab grab the least important room and start moving your stuff in there all right i think that's a good sign or a good strategy here um or let's say you're in an apartment just a one-bedroom apartment uh designate a wall i think that's a really good idea as well like a wall that you know isn't front facing when you open the door it's not the first thing you see but it's there that gives you an opportunity or or a really good piece of advice start a podcast uh, with a YouTube aspect to it, and then just tell your significant other that, hey, I need to hang stuff up on this wall for a background. Uh, yeah, no, I know it sounds crazy, but I do need uh, to have something behind me. So try that, if not for nothing else, because that seemed to work for me personally. Um, the third question, most slapped on part or thing to do in East Lansing or on MSU campus? As a student, I, I, I think it's just walk around at night after like a snowfall or a snowstorm because you get a a lot of few things here you get a lot of few things that's a nice contradictory statement you get a few things here let's let's try that um you get the beauty of campus right just the nice blanket of white snow the moon reflects off of it it lights up campus in this nice soft ambient light It, it is beautiful walking around that campus at night after a snowstorm and also um to get less hallmarky there's nothing better than watching Cata buses drive around after a snowstorm. Like, you think that NASCAR drivers are great at what they do. Formula One drivers are great at what they do. There is no better professional driver out there than Cata bus drivers after a snowstorm. They execute flawlessly. Whether it's one inch of snow, 11 inches of snow, they get you from A to B. No questions asked. Um, and also, uh, you know, for not being a student, I, I still... I still think Forest Acres East Golf Course is incredibly slept on. It's the least expensive of the two between East and West. It's a less challenging one, but they just maintain that so well. Like, it is such a beautiful golf course, even with it being such a great price. So, yeah, absolutely. And then bonus question, what varsity sport at MSU would do best with Zeke on the team? Easy answer is track and field, right? I I would trust Zeke in the 100-meter dash. Uh, I I would put him up against anyone, but also... Wouldn't mind seeing him uh, at kickoff return because, well, again, blazing speed. And I, you got to be a sick person to tackle a dog. So we're going to test the mental metal of the other team's kickoff team. So, yeah, Zeke blazing uh, just touchdown after touchdown. I think that would work out great. And last question here. This is actually a very nice question. This is from SD4L. What do you do in life for fun besides talk MSU sports? That's very nice. Thank you very much for asking that. Um... What I guess that's a good question. What do I do? Uh, well, as, as you probably heard earlier this show, uh, I do have a little two-and-a-half-year-old, so I like to be as present of a father as humanly possible. Contrary to popular belief, I don't completely ignore him uh, during MSU sporting events. But no, I really, all that I have time for, uh, besides the podcast, work, family, uh, th- there is one thing in life. There's one thing in life I love as much, or sometimes even more, depending on the week, than MSU sports. And, you know, family, friends, all all that stuff. You know, that's obviously also way ahead of that. 
But trivially, there's one thing I love more than MSU sports, and that's golf. It's golf. I love thinking about golf, playing golf, watching golf, reading about golf, listening to podcasts about golf. I love golf as much and sometimes more than I love Michigan State. Uh, so, yes, I, I totally nerd out about it. I love following the Corn Ferry Tour, if you will. I love watching the PGA Thursday through Sunday here. I just got it. Can't get enough of it. So, yeah, that's that's it. And then in the winter, when it's not golf season, what do I like to do? I like to think about golf season. I like to just look out the window and pray that golf season is going to come soon this year. So that's it. That's me. That's that's I, 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 I carnival bark into a microphone about Michigan State sports. Or I think about golf. That's it. So there you go. Hey, let's get into our fun segment here. MSU student athlete or Kentucky Derby jockey. Let's get it popping. Ladies and gentlemen, as we do every year, if you've been a loyal listener to this podcast, well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that. Second of all, welcome back to an annual game that we play. Uh, Joining us today. That's right. This might be a familiar face if you're a sick enough person to watch between Christmas and New Year's. This is my brother. His name is John, and uh, he's going to be stepping in. He's going to be our contestant today. John, how on earth are we doing on this beautiful Thursday night or Friday whenever people are watching this? How, how are you doing right now? Doing good. I got the Celtics money line to close out a parlay. Hopefully that didn't just jinx it. Well, on this show, uh, things never get jinxed on here, so you're going to be okay. Start spending that money. Uh, on today's show, this segment here, we're going to be playing a game that you know nothing about, but it's very easy. John, I got 11 names in front of me. This is MSU student athlete or Kentucky Derby jockey. That's right. We are running for the roses this Saturday. One of my favorite sporting events of the year. And of course, we got to have an MSU twist to this. John, it's easy. I got 11 names in front of me. It's either an MSU student athlete currently at the school or, well, it's a jockey running in the run for the roses this Saturday. Uh, any que- I can't imagine you could have any questions on this, right? It's pretty cut and dry. Oh, let's get it going. There we go. All right, folks, you can play along at home and see if you can beat Mr. Jonathan Sheehan at this game here. Are you ready to play MSU student athlete or Kentucky Derby jockey? I'll just ask you a second time. Why not? All right. First name, Ozan Barris. Ozan Barris. (laughs) All right. All right. This game's hard. Uh, We're coming in hot. Oh, this. No one ever gets above 50% in this game. No one. It's this game breaks people. Ozan Barris. Ozan Barris. Jockey. MSU men's tennis player who actually just got an at-large bid to the NCAA uh, doubles tournament coming up. So uh, we're going to stash that one in the last column for you there. Yes, Ozan Barris. Good luck at NCAAs. I'm sure he's listening to the show right now. Dominic Pianto. Dominic Pianto. MSU student-athlete or Kentucky Derby jockey? Whenever... There's a winner at the Derby. I feel like it's a Dominic. Give me a jockey. Right-handed pitcher for your Michigan State Spartans baseball team. I'm sorry to say, John, but we are starting off at a roaring 0 for 2 right now. Uh, how are we feeling? Let's just do a check-in right now. Do you want to just leave right now, just act like this never happened, or how are we feeling? So no one's gone above 50. Uh, now I'm wondering if you no. put six jockeys in or six Spartan athletes in. So mm-hmm. Head games. Like- I might stick with jockey the entire time. (laughs) Just keep hammering jockey. I like that. I think the worst someone did, I think it was two years ago, someone did three for 11, I want to say, but that's beside the point. Let's just try not to get three for 11. As we move on to number three, Jareth Loveberry. Jareth Loveberry. 
Okay, that's a made-up name. Uh, Jareth Loveberry. <laughs> that's that sounds. What was the uh, dad in the Wild Thornberries? Uh, Nigel Thornberry. Yeah, uh, yeah. just a second cousin uh, of of Jareth Loveberry. Yes. Uh, this sounds like a guy that rides a horse. Give me jockey. He rides two fills. That's right, two fills coming up this Saturday in the Kentucky Derby. Way to go! You are. One and two right now. As we move on to number four, Javier Castellano. Javier Castellano. Javier Castellano. It sounds like a jockey jockey. He will be riding Mage this Saturday at Churchill Downs in the Kentucky Derby. Good for you. You are back at 500 now. Let's keep it going. Hopefully you can qualify for a bowl game here. Benny Gomez. Benny Gomez. It's Benny Gomez. Mm. Benny Gomez. MSU. Spartan athlete. 125-pound wrestler for your Michigan State Spartans. That is three in a row for you, John, and you are now three and two as we move into the back six here. Erad Ortiz Jr. Can Erad... I just say? When oh, you... I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Go on. When you said 125 pounds, I thought it was for sure a jockey. So that was a surprise. Oh, the size of a jockey, but no, he he wrestles. He uh, he's one of them wrestlers over there in East Lansing. Good call though. That's a, an astute observation uh, for you over there. Look <laughs> right, at that. New one? Now, Erad Ortiz Jr. Uh, what's what's his deal? Is, is he also a, a nice little wrestler over there, or is he going to be riding a Kentucky Derby horse coming up this weekend? Everybody knows Arad Ortiz Sr. is a jockey, and that's his mm. kid, Jimmy Jockey. He will be riding the favorite forte in the run for the Roses this Saturday. That is four in a row. That is four and two. This is a bonafide heat check right now. Um, that, that be a was real a shame if you blew this. Real shame if you blew this right now. Um, here we go. You got five to go. Jonathan Stout. Jonathan Stout, Kentucky Derby jockey or MSU student athlete. What do we got here? I can see like an MSU Spartan making a good play and some corny broadcaster saying like that was a stout play. Okay. So give me MSU athlete. Well, if that's a soccer broadcaster, you might be correct because he is the forward for your Michigan State men's soccer team. That is, this is, wow, this is uh, getting away from me right here. I feel bad as a host right now. This is getting a little too easy here. Well, hopefully Paco Lopez can save me here. Hopefully Paco Lopez can save me here. Michigan State student athlete or Kentucky Derby jockey. I mean, come on, Paco Lopez. That's that's a jockey. Paco Lopez is a jockey. He is riding Lord Miles coming up this Saturday. This is how. Oh God, I've already lost count. This is bad. Nope, that's six in a row. That's right. So you are six and two. That is eight as you are going into your final three here. I mean, this has just got to be an extraordinary. You're, you're, you've locked up above 500. Do you just want to give the victory speech now, or do you want to go through the other three here before uh, your victory speech? Are we satisfied with above 500? See, that, that's that keep chopping attitude we like to see. That's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> here we go. Drew Seabass. Drew Seabass. Drew Seabass. Drew Seabass. My guts is athlete. And I'll stick. What's your brain say? I'll stick with it. Athlete. 
uh, just an unbelievable run here, seven in a row, because that is a cross-country runner for your Michigan State Spartans. We have two to go. Number 10, Jacob Merritt. Jacob Merritt. Jacob Jock Merritt. Jockey. Offensive lineman for your Michigan State Spartans. That ends quite the hot streak for you. Uh, he was uh, famously, somewhat kind of famously, uh, viral on Twitter because someone edited Johnny Coxlam by his name because he is number 69. And, well, if your name's Johnny Coxlam and you're number 69 on the football team, that's objectively hilarious. But, no, nope, it, it was Jacob Merritt the entire time. It's Jacob Merritt, uh, offensive lineman. And last but not least, as you're just, just trying to pour gravy onto this right now because uh, you're playing with house money, James Graham, James Graham, James Graham. What do we got here? I feel like James Graham sounds like a vice presidential candidate in 2024. Um, it sure does. Yeah. Yep. James Graham. Uh, jockey. That's what we'll do. How, how confident are you in that? Not at all. Well, you should because he is riding confidence game coming up this Saturday at the Kentucky Derby. That is an astonishing eight for three right there. And you actually just gave me a really good idea for next year. Next year, we'll do MSU student athlete, Kentucky Derby jockey, or uh, like staffer on some presidential nominee for the upcoming election, whenever that is. We'll, we'll figure some, we'll tie in the election somehow. There's nothing better than talking politics and election on a sports talk show. Everyone loves when we do that. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll do that next uh next time but the floor is yours you can take as long as you want for this victory speech you've earned it with an eight and three record that absolutely shatters a record here um and you had no idea what game you we were playing so it's not like you could comb through all the jockeys so i've had it floor is yours um it's a good start yep uh, <laughs> this is this is moving wow this is this is sending people into the weekend uh, with inspiration <laughs> um Okay. Don't bump with two strikes. There we go. Just some friendly advice as we're all getting into our weekend here. Uh, this was great. Thanks a lot for jumping on. What a what a hoot and a half. And yeah, eight and three. That, that's going into the rafters over uh, at your household because there's no way that ever gets beat. Um, but everyone, hey, uh, hopefully you guys did as good as eight and three. And if you beat eight and three, go ahead, comment below on YouTube. Uh, let me know, lockonspartans at gmail.com and I'll be sure to send it to John to knock him down a few pegs. Um, so yeah, it's it, we'll make it a team effort here. Until then, though, gang, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Kentucky Derby. There's some great basketball going on as well. You guys deserve an incredible weekend. Love you all. Go Green.